With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Edwards goes to Standall. Now it's Bennett. JPR, the fullback. Is he going to get his second try? Oh, what a killer blow for the Welshman. JPR Williams, the fullback, scores the try that must sew it up for Wales. Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. It's another Six Nations special for you following uh, Wales' narrow defeat to England at Twickenham. The wait for a win at Twickenham goes on and we'll have to wait another two years to get a chance to do that. Uh, But joining me to assess that and all the rugby elsewhere from this weekend is good friend of the show, probably top appearance uh, recorder this uh, this season, I reckon. Uh, That's Paul Rees. How are you, Paul? Good, thanks, Jed. You? Yes, I'm all right, thank you. Um, Never feel particularly um, full of the joys of spring after a a loss to England, Um, but I'm very, very keen uh, to get your take on on what we've seen in the first two games, Paul. I think that's probably a good place to start. How do you assess the first first two games that Wales have played? Sort of um, a bit like bit like freshman at university, very much first year, isn't it? If you look at um, look at the first two games, Scotland um, didn't score a point in the first half. England didn't score a point in the second half, and then in the halves when they were on top, didn't concede a penalty. So it's almost as if you go in at half time against Scotland, you know, get um, get told what you're doing wrong, and you put it right in the second half. <clears throat> and the opposite mm. in England, you go out with the game plan, implement it well, and, and then sort of stop England at source. And then when they react after the interval, there's no comeback. I think what it shows in you know, the end of the week in, 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 in which Barry John had died is how how reliant the modern player is on, on the coaching system that lies above them, whereas in his day it was very there was there was coaching, but it was it was far looser than um, than today and nowhere near as many of them and, and, and really they lived off their wits. And I think if Wales had been able to to react at the start against Scotland and 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 adapted on the hoof, and the same in the second half against England, they'd be two from two rather than none from two. Yeah, I mean the thing. I mean, it's an extraordinary 
extraordinary stat, really, to go two halves, you know, a whole game without scoring. Um, yet, a penalty in either of those halves that were scoreless yeah. would have won them both the games. You know, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's incredible, really. So, I mean, I don't know. I am I think the, the freshman analogy is nice. I'm trying to see it in that positive light that it is very much a work in progress. And I think a lot of the encouraging signs are coming from the newbies for me, or certainly the, the inexperienced players. You may looking at Tommy Reffel, who was outstanding. I, I personally, I thought he was man of the match. And I, I hope I'm not just saying that with kind of Welsh biased um, eyes on it. I, I thought he was the best player on the pitch yesterday. And, you know, he, he wasn't far behind that on on the first weekend as well. He's been outstanding. But again, around that, I think there's been really encouraging performances from the likes of Winnet. And um, I think that's the that's the thing that, that is definitely encouraging, that it's moving in the right direction. And it's, it is such an inexperienced side. Potentially, the problem comes further on down the line, though, because England are in a similar a similar position, albeit they do have considerably more experienced players in the squad. And, you know, Scotland are perhaps not the most powerful side in the world and had that pressure with it of not having one in Cardiff for a very long time. Do you think that the the real toughest um, toughest challenges are around the corner? Um, <clears throat> yes, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the toughest one is, is the next one up, isn't it? So, I mean, Ireland, mm. Ireland Dublin. I mean, I think, you know, Wales have shown they can, they can compete. They've, they've, yeah, I think we said before the start of the tournament they would have to mix things up a bit and, and you know a bit of guerrilla warfare and, and and you know they did that against England. It was a remarkable stat in the first half where I mean it's so un so ungatlin like where I think England had fifty fifty six percent of the territory but only thirty two percent of the possession. Wales yeah. were playing a lot in their own half, whereas you know you just go back a couple you know, the. the the last so eight nine years under Gatlin, anything in their own half, they kick kick the leather off it. And um, it's, it, it it shows how how that has changed, and they haven't got the they haven't got the power of old, have they? So they've got to try and keep it and manoeuvre opponents around, which um, at, at times they, they they did effectively. But you know, again, go back to the, the sort of newbies analogy when England were down to thirteen, the last place Wales needed to be was in in, in their own half, just getting yeah. get, get down there, and instead, you know, England England for the for the how was it sixteen minutes they were they were a player down. They won that five uh, 0 Yeah, that's right. And I think you, the ambition is is great. And I think a lot of us have been, you know, have found that quite refreshing. Particularly, obviously, the second half against Scotland, keeping ball in hand. And there were times against England where it was encouraging. I really, you know, I really liked the look of Rio Dyer's break in the first half and oh, yeah. and, and stuff like that. But there's also a time and a place for you know for just. Um, I guess I guess it's that rugby IQ bit, isn't it? Of when you've just is, scored, when you've just scored a try, a nice, sensible exit, you know, and and let's let's make England play from deep when they're when they when they've not got a full complement on the pitch. I mean, to then, you know, for for Williams and Lloyd to between them to to get snagged behind the gain line, then comes the Benel try off the back of it. Yeah, that that essentially that could have been the difference in the in the it, whole game. It, it was the difference, and you go back to August when they played the two in England down to twelve. Yeah, you know Wales. I think they just scored then, and then and suddenly England, all those players down, scored and 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 won the games almost uh, almost uh, almost a repeat. And it's um, you know it's 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 learnings as Pat Lamb would say, learnings, and um, it's it's you know Wales can take a lot from. From um, 
from Saturday. An awful lot, as you say, when when it was excellent, Dyer Dyer looked dangerous. Uh, Man had another another good outing, another 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 try for him. Reffel, as you say, was was I mean he <clears throat> you know he he was a real thorn for England and 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 stopped a lot of their quick possession. And without that quick possession, you mm. saw this this newfound you know game plan of England just 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 completely go up in smoke. And by the end, they had to revert to the World Cup method. George Ford just took control and and and, and pinned pin Wales back, and ultimately they were in position to to kick the winning penalty. Yeah, I, I do. What I have to I have to applaud George Ford for. I, you know, I was very critical of England during the World Cup because I thought there was a real lack of ambition, and if they'd have played any other side, you know, or any side from any of the other side of the draw I think they would have would have come unstuck very very quickly that said obviously they put in that big performance against South Africa and played the conditions very well I think that what we saw on display against against Wales again it's a side kind of coming to coming into fruition with a with a new system but to be fair to Ford that is exactly what the what the situation dictated and there were some there was some excellent kicking out of hand to to make sure you get over the line and as much as I really am enjoying watching Wales play with a with a sense of belief and a sense of ambition, I can't help but think what it would have done for confidence if we could have found by hook or by crook. Just you know, just one penalty would have done that, and a win at Twickenham for that set of players. Oh. Yeah, that, that that would that would go down as as one of the best victories that that Gatland has ever has you know has yeah. ever <clears throat> overseen really. It would, yeah, and 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 you know, put 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 some in confident mood instead. Go to Dublin if it goes to form. Then you go into the France game, looking for your first win with the, you know, and everyone's going to be describing that last game against Italy as a wooden spoon decider potentially. So, um, yeah, no, it would have. Fun. And I don't think, I mean, it was it was a weird game. I was, I was after I was sitting down. Well, what what do you say about that? Um, mm. I mean, the draw would probably have been a fair result, I think. But um, I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't. Wales shouldn't have lost it. That was my my overriding feeling. In, in, in England, England shouldn't shouldn't have won it. But um, it comes down <clears throat> in the end to to one or two decisions, and as you say, the you know Williams passing to Lloyd and there's online getting collared, and then the defence when you know England, <clears throat> I think they put Freeman in the scrum, but they were still a man short, scored a try from it. Um, what going through three or four challenges? Yeah, I mean the, the to again to put a positive spin on it, I do see some building blocks there. I thought that. You saw the the difference, and again, I, it's so easy. We always say this: it's so easy to put the the blame when a line out crumbles on the on the hooker. But you did see when Elliot D was on the pitch, his darts were were great. He oh, carried yeah. really well. The like the line out gave us a platform, you know, and it's a good driving line out when we find the yeah. right man. Yeah, I think I think when he went off, they lost two, didn't they? Yeah, and that's that. Yeah. that 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 showed, and that was that was a part of the game when England's just gone on top in the set pieces, and and the the boots of forecoming I care came on, and he didn't you know he didn't didn't play that much, very very as he as he had been in Rome, very restrained, and just mm. just just sort of kept it tight and didn't give didn't give Wales an entry. But that's his best best experience, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. he and Ford been around since you know, and I mean, they were both around before the before the two thousand and fifteen World Cup. And that's you know that's what you want from your players. Yeah, it is. I suppose you know Thomas Williams is a player who's you know arguably been the form player across the whole of and um, the mm. whole of the nation this season. And again, as you know, that second half performance against Scotland was absolutely blistering. I was really hoping it was going to be 
a complete, you know, complete Thomas Williams performance um, on Saturday because I just think that a the side needs a player like him who's in such good form and such a an influential player to have that have that big performance, but also to kind of cement that that nine shirt for him. And uh, yeah, I did think there was you know there was just a few times when that little bit of game management could have come from him. I you you expect it from Lloyd, which is because it's his first ever start at. Um, outside half in international level whereas I was just hoping perhaps it you know Thomas Williams you know could have steadied the ship a little bit but at the same time you know he he, he showed touches in there and particularly for the try well, so yeah and for, for first he had a strong you know a, a strong first half second half you know it it's it's it, it, a lot of it sort of dried up dried up for Wales but um but yeah it's just it's just decisions isn't it Decision, mm. you know, Lloyd, Lloyd at ten, a lot of good decisions. Some that you know you look back on and, and, and regret. I mean, I think the one thing um, that you want to see from him going forward, if he's if he's going to to challenge in that position, is just to give himself some time. There were there were occasions when he just rushed into things, and it's mm. um, it's just just having having a little bit of time. And once you know, once, once he gets that, then you know, real real potential there. Yeah, I th- I think there is too, and and personally, you know, I'd I'd love to see th- those two get a run of it from from here on in. I'm not, sh- you know, I presume uh, Sam Costello is going to be fit for the for the remainder of the the campaign, but I would like to see those two together, just given the the ambition. And you think, it, you know, the the other stuff is just is stuff you can learn, given that Lloyd is a 22 year old playing there, having not really played there much throughout mm. his career, but mm. he's showing that raw potential. And, you know, although his kicking game wasn't perfect yesterday and his game management wasn't perfect, there were definitely some really cute touches in there. And some of those cross-field kicks were, were good. And I don't know, I'd like to say, I think there is a potential real gem in there, but we're going to see, we're going to see mistakes along the way. And I, I guess that's, you know, I guess that's to be expected in a side that's this inexperienced. And that's, and that's the question for, for Gatlin ahead of the next game and we see in Ireland. I mean, what do you, you know, what, what, you know, they're going to go there looking to win, of course. But what what are you really looking for from that game again? More more signs of progress, or do you go in there? I mean, Italy was thirty six nil. Do you go in there trying to twenty nine seven? I think last time Wales were there, wasn't it? Um, mm. Is it is it is it about keeping the score down, keeping in touch with them for as for as long as you can, and therefore does that affect your selection of what you thought you could achieve at them against a team that was, you know, trying to find itself and only had one sort of one match. Under their, I say new regime, but but Felix Jones coming as defence coach, the the attack given a, a little bit of a, a tweak as well. Um, whereas Ireland are very very settled and established, and one of one of the best teams in the world. Do you do you go into <coughs> with a defensive attitude, or do you go in with an attacking one? There, I, I mean, at the moment, neither looks like a, a route to victory, just because Ireland are that good. So yeah. I think there either needs to be something completely out of left field in order to in order to give them you know to to run them really close. So I, I mean I think I think you, playing either of those game plans, I think you're as equally as likely to be onto a hiding because if you play with a sense of ambition, you might just catch them unaware and you know, a couple of early tries or um, you know a couple of unexpected tries, and that suddenly changes the atmosphere and calms things down. But at the same time. If you play fast and loose, you can get picked off and uh, an island run away with it. But I think if you go with a cautious game plan and you try, you know, as we saw against Scotland, if you don't execute it well, 
then you get completely torn apart. And, and Ireland will do that to you. It, I think it plays more into Ireland's hands if you play the the conservative game plan because we're just not good enough. Yeah, sorry, we're just not physical enough to to take sides on in a, in an arm wrestle. I think I mean, you, you may as yeah you may as well try and play you know Wales of the seventies Kevin Keegan Newcastle type. We're going to score one more than you stuff and um and look to build on that in my opinion. Yeah, because I mean France, I thought France was very conservative against them. And mm. as they thought, you know, pick the pick the biggest pack we can, and um, you know, we can we can dictate. We're backfired big big time on them. I mean, one you know, one thing for Wales, you mentioned it: big forwards, big carriers. Um, I mean, they had you know at least two or three instances where they took play through twenty plus phases and didn't really get over the game line, yeah. did they? I mean, if you look at if you look at the meters covered by the forwards. I mean, they, they all took the ball up, but. I mean, Alex Mann, I think, was top, but I mean, he had he had about twenty of those for his try. So um, there wasn't a lot of judge uh, towards the end. North came into it a bit more, and I think I thought North carried really well. Actually, I yeah. thought he was probably the best carrier on the pitch, and yeah. you know, Wainwright was asked to do a lot, and you know, as, as to be expected, we 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 are short on on yeah. big ball carriers, and that makes it difficult to win any game because even if you want to play an expansive. Get, let's get the ball wide and into the outside channels. You've still got, you know, it's still going to be a hell of a lot harder doing it on the back foot. So you do win, need to to win some collisions. And you know, that said, I think that when Wayne, Wainwright is playing well, he's an explosive carry, not an explosive as in burst through through sheer force, but he's got great footwork. And if he gives, you know, if you've got a slight opportunity, and you give him a slight opportunity, his speed can can get away. I mean, he, he had think, a very 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 good first half. I thought Wainwright. He did, yeah, he did, and he's playing. You know, he's playing some absolutely brilliant rugby at the moment. So, so, and again, I think you know players like Raffle. Although Raffle's not a big, he's not a big carrier. He's also you don't feel um, uncomfortable when he's got his hands on the ball because he can do things. You know, as we saw for the as we saw for the try, he can run a clever line. He can use his footwork, and he is very strong. He's just not, you know, he's not a huge, great big lump that um, that can that can smash over the gain line that way. So, I think with everything, we've just got to be a bit clever because. You know, you look at the two sides, and I'm not. You know, it just appears a very small side, doesn't it? This is not looking at any stats. I know we had a smaller pack, uh, you know, with the exception of, of kind of North and, and one or two others. It, it looks like a very small side, and so you 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 have to be clever and you have to rely on other assets to uh, to keep you in the game. I think. Yeah, Raffle is going to be important again because you, you're not Ireland to like over the ball. It's not just that back row. You know, Tag Burn will be back for Wales. I I, I would imagine. You know, that mm. Is he's sort of rampant. The, the the front rows get stuck in as well. So, you know, if Raffle can get in there first, win a few penalties, give Wales a chance to, for, for a bit of position, maybe some points, then then who knows? I mean, he, but if you allow if you allow Ireland to overrun you with a break, and as France did, and win those 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 physical things, then it's it's just a case of how many you lose by. So defense defense is going to be absolutely huge for Wales, and 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 the bit the bench the bench and the use of the bench. Is going to be important as well because you know, fatigue fatigue will be a factor in the second half. Yeah, it will. I, you're absolutely right. I think the breakdown is going to be a really, you know, absolutely crucial against because if you give Ireland quick ball, you're in so much trouble. But you know, France was so worried about the the number of attacking options that Ireland had that they committed so few to the breakdown that it was it was too easy for them on on that occasion. <laughs> and you know, it, it's very hard to see a way past Ireland, but. Again, you've at least got two weeks to figure out a plan and, and put a few things and, together. And, and Gatland has shown that he will have a plan. Um, you know, and, and, and 
you know, they 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 muzzled Mitchell pretty effectively yesterday. They mm. do the same do the same to Gibson Park. Very similar scrum half relies on quick ball, getting it away. Um, if you can sort of slow down that ball, then you're reducing his options. You're tying him in more, and you're you're sort of weak, weak, weakening their attack. I mean, it's it's one thing saying it, another doing it, and and, and also sustaining it. But I mean, in in Reffle, you know, Wales do have a a card there. Yeah, they do. Uh, we'll definitely take a look at, at selection later on in the show. We've got loads of listeners' questions as well, which I'm uh, I'm keen to to get stuck into. Um, and again, a lot of these refer to the um, to the games coming up as well. And we will be taking a look back at the England game, and you know, I guess some of the some of the refereeing decisions that have been uh, discussed quite a lot uh, since that. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break now. And as I say, when we come back, we're going to look back at the England game, look forward to what Wales have got to come, look at some of the selection issues, and we're also going to take a look at the other two results from this weekend. And all of that is coming up after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, time then, Paul, for uh, the first of our listeners' questions. And I'm going to go with this one. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be Six Nations if we weren't talking about refereeing. And the one that seems to have gathered the most uh, headlines is the is the George Ford uh, conversion or the, the the charge down. We had this one from Lost in Yorkshire. I was just keen to get... Um, Keen to get your take on uh, on on what happened and was it the right decision? I thought it was a fair decision. Again, we go back to Barry John. What, what did he used to do? He had to dig a mound, didn't he? He didn't have a tee. He just quickly dug, dug a mound, took a couple of steps back and booted the ball over. Didn't matter where it was. Got on with it. Four took far too long anyway. I mean, it was a fairly simple kick, but they all go through this rigorous routine. How were their arms waving? No, no. He took a, he took a movement and to me, they're entitled to charge it down. Yeah, I also think that ITV put an outdated version of the they um, did. They of did. the law yeah. up. Yeah, and they did. you know because that, it, that doesn't it didn't help say matters. Any direction, almost implying yeah. that you know, as he hadn't gone forward, that um, that they shouldn't have charged. But I mean, you know, he 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 steadied himself and then took another movement. Again, in my view. Yeah, I thought so too. Actually, I mean, I, I'm also surprised how much how much noise there has been around. Like, if England had lost the game because of that, then maybe. But yeah. I fail. I fail to see what you know. What kind of traips in and traips in it up is, and again, that should be such a. This is where rugby doesn't help itself because that should be such a clear cut decision, and it should just be really clear language that says, "Have you started your run up?" And and if you have, then that's then that's it. And you know, kickers will have to factor that into their into their kind of free kick yeah. routine. Yeah. You know, and and to be honest, I'm 
these things are quite good, you know, because this I've, I've been watching rugby 30 years. I, I can You can count on one hand prior to the World Cup how many times you'd seen kicks successfully successfully charged down and you've had two high profile cases of it in the last in the last four or five months and I think that stuff's interesting because it you know it challenges the status quo and it gets people it gets people to think so yeah I I, but in terms of that individual decision I thought it was pretty clear cut that there was there was no problem with it and I didn't understand I could see why people in the stadium you know when you haven't got you know you haven't got the the benefit of different angles and you get swept up by the emotion I could kind of see why they were booing it a bit but from telly looking at it, it was Definitely the right decision for me. If there were 30 seconds to go, England he didn't have to score the win. He'd have put that ball down and kicked it within a couple of seconds. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, he, he could have kicked that with his left foot. I mean, it's, yeah. as, I, as I say, all this rigmarole, no. Just get on with it. What I was particularly glad about was, because Rio did the hard bit and charged out and then didn't, didn't yeah, take did, the ball. Yeah. And I was <laughs> yeah. just glad, I think it was Elliot D, wasn't it, who followed up and just booted it. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was glad he was kind of there to do yeah, it. I did, I in theory, I, Ford could have just I, still could have had a hack at it. Yeah, it's almost as if I was a bit unsure and thought, if I touch the ball, am I going to yellow card? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely it. I think I think he was anticipating charging out, but not you know not mm. knowing what to do then. But yeah, um, yeah, that one was pretty clear cut for me. Another one involving George Ford. Uh, I was keen to get your take on, or rather, who uh, Davis was keen to get your take on was the. Rio Dyer being taken out in the, the last minute of the game. Again, that looked like a clear-cut penalty to me, and it I'm was, surprised it was, that it wasn't looked at. I was surprised. I mean, Dyer, Dyer knew straight away he was taken out, in the, taken out in the air. I mean, I mean, Ford Ford was sort of claiming to just be hang, hanging around and sort of, you know, almost blaming Dyer for the impact. But, I mean, you always see those given, don't you? So yeah, why you that do. why that wasn't, I have no idea. Yeah, I found that a very, very strange decision. Uh, could it, you know, Could it have been more than that, given it was late in the game and... I mean, realistically, if Ford had just stood a metre back, he could have just bundled him into touch. But exactly, um, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, yeah, I, no, I don't, I don't think it was. I, I mean, England, they had, they'd had two. Yeah, I thought the Chesham yellow was very harsh. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, this, this bloke's what? There's nothing was, he could have done about it, I'm really. Not, what, he, what he could that was all a rugby collision for me. Um, Roots, Roots is one of those you can argue either way, isn't it? And, and, and you know, if, if 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 England did take it down, then you know, then the yellow card's fair enough. But uh, but I thought Chesham was hard done by. They, def- they definitely took it down. I think the the bigger question was was it a penalty try? Was the ball secured enough yeah. to yeah. be going out o- to be going over? But, but I think it was but, definitely a yellow. But with me, with I, I always feel with that. I mean, the, the law says a try would probably have been scored. To me, I, I was looking at it the other way. Is 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 the attempt to deny mm. a try scoring opportunity? And that was clearly that was clearly behind it. And if so, a penalty try is a fair outcome. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine there are too many gripes about that because you're dicing with death the minute you drop a, a yeah. line, a, you know, a, a mall that's on the, on its way to the line. So, yeah, I can't imagine there's there's too many around that. But yeah, again, it was a it was a strange decision. Uh, one thing though, just with those with that decision, the the Rio Dyer one, not being looked at, and I go back to the the Scotland game when there was a clear forward pass from Finn Russell to to Van der Merwe. Again, there. There seemed to just be a bit of an acceptance from Wales. I, I wonder whether perhaps a more experienced captain. This is not getting on, yeah. on Bradley Jenkins' back. Perhaps yeah. should be having a word. You know, would Sam Warburton of or Alan Wynne Jones have had it, or Justin Tipperick have had a word with, I think, with I a think referee de- and said that? Yeah, I think they definitely would. Yeah, and 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 and, and yeah, that that's something David Jenkins will learn, isn't it? And you, you, mm. what you don't want to be is a feral type figure who's in there yeah. in his being aggressive, but like sort of Warburton, very respectful. Um, you know, do are you going to have a, 
a, a look at that again. You, you know, was he taken out in the air? Just, you know, just sort of guiding the referee rather than shoving him in a certain direction. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, it was, it was an interesting one. That, and again, it's not a slight on on David Jenkins because no, I think there's, no, there's so much. You know, again, these are things you you're going to learn. And I think he has got. I think he will develop a good a good relationship with with referees too. But there's a, yeah. there's an awful lot to think about in your first couple of games as oh, as captain. And, it, and it's you know it's, it's 80 minutes gone. You're, you're you're sort of blowing as well, aren't you? And you you know and, you, and you're still you're still hoping against hope that you can you, know, you can you can you can summon something up. So. Yeah, no, he. But um, yeah, in a couple of years' time, he'd, uh, I think he'd have a different take on it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, this question's come from Pens Evans, which says, "What's the deal with a lack of offloads? Given that we don't have the ball, um, the ball players to um, to challenge defenses in terms of physicality, offloading to players coming at pace can be very effective." I, I think it's an interesting one. Actually, it's, it's something I wouldn't mind seeing a, seeing a bit more of. There, again, there wouldn't seem to be a huge amount of it. On display yesterday. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Paul? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the offload stats yesterday. The one, of the one, of the few. I mean, there wasn't an awful lot from 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 either side, was there? No. I mean, I mean, I mean, second half as the as the as the rain came down, you could you could understand it. But yeah, certainly, 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 first half. Um, I mean, against against a, a blitz defense, it's always going to be awkward, isn't it? But in the in yeah. the in, in in the wider channels, there were a few opportunities. Well, had, didn't they? Where had the sort of had, had the confidence again. I think that's. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a new side, isn't it? I mean, you look at the you look at the halfbacks. It's the first first time they've started the test together, isn't it? And and it's sort of you know when it's second cap man, second cap. It's a new side once it sort of beds in and there's a bit of familiarity. You and and, and you know you would hope that by the final two games against France and Italy, you you start to see a shape. I mean, I think that's the one thing about the first two games as well. There's no. No sort of real shape as there's been a lot of, lot of, you know, lot of good good rugby played good moments, but an overall shape hasn't mm. been there. And again, that's to be to be to be expected. But as I say, by the end of this, you would hope that you would you would see more of that. And, and once once you get that, things like offloading will be will be a consequence. Yeah, I, I think in terms of answering the questions around. Yeah, yeah. Talking about shape, obviously, I think that comes with continuity of selection as well. And I yeah. think we're starting to see now in some of those key positions what the answer is. For example, I think I, I think Azarati showed up very, very well in that. Um, in that, certainly from a scrummaging performance, again, wasn't shy in terms of work rate. I think that's his. I think that's his shirt to lose now. I think that's that for me is the, is the best choice at, at tight head. As I say, I, I think you've got to give Thomas Williams a, a run at nine now, um, and it, it wasn't his all-round best performance. But again, there's some moments of there's some moments of brilliance in there. I just want to see him have that shirt because Pivak never gave it to him, and I don't know quite why because he never gave it to anyone. I feel like no. we could we could be looking at a different Thomas Williams now if he'd have had a real concern. And I, actually, to be fair to Pivak, there were injuries in amongst that as well. He got injured at unfortunate times, particularly in 2021. But I would have loved to have seen him now with, you know, with a, a lot more starts with nine on his back. Um, and yeah, I, I just like to see that now because I think he's, you know, he is the answer there. And he's one of Wales's most influential players when he's when he's at his absolute best. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 dynamic as well, which which you know, given 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 the lack of size that we've we, we've spoken about, you know, Wales need that dynamism. They've got a you know, it's got to be an up te- tempo game, isn't it? And. 
and and exploiting every opportunity and trying to attack space rather than rather than bodies, which again is 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 different from from the previous time with Gatland. Uh, one area that could be, I guess, a, a difficult selection, and this is looking further afield. But this question came from Jacob Chapel. If everyone's fit, do you start Raffle or Morgan or both? Which <laughs> It is fast. It is amazing to think that we've gone from kind of you know in the space of a few years, Tipperick Warburton to to Morgan Raffle, and I think you know the the potential of both of these players is so so big, and they've already proven what quality operators they are at at test level. Can they play together? Uh, probably not. No, no, because because sixes these days you tend to want a line out option, don't you? Mm. Um, so, um, I mean, I mean, again, it's depending on your position. If you're playing a tier two, maybe, but if you're taking on Ireland or France or England, I would, I would say no. I mean, it's 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 one of those. You know, you go back a few years, and there was Ellis Jenkins. Yeah, uh, you know, looked really good at seven, and then he had that unfortunate injury, and. Um, or go back to the seventies when Gareth Edwards you know, sort of exited the scene. You all expected, you know, Brynmore Williams to be a successor, and Terry Holmes came along. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, you know, it'll be very much a, a form decision there. I think if you know if if if, if Raffle is the is considered the better option at seven than Morgan, then then so be it. And similarly, similarly vice versa. I, to me, you don't look to shoehorn them both in. You you, mm. you pick the one you think is best in that position. The question then is. <clears throat> whether the other can be on the bench or because they're, you know, they're, they're covering that sort of one position there, you know, you probably need, uh, you know, your six and eights then to be, to, to, to be, to be versatile. But, you know, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, you know, I mean, Morgan was, was terrific in the World Cup and Raffa is now. It's, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, a hard, they're nicer problems to have, aren't they, than, than the but, problems we've got elsewhere well, on the field. You know, again, you talked about George Ford earlier. Now, if you're England, you've got your, your fly house fit and fine. You've got Ford, Marcus Smith, you know, Finn Smith sort of coming up. But, I mean, the, you know, Ford or Marcus Smith, if Marcus Smith were fit for the next round against Scotland, do you pick him after what Ford did um, against um, against uh, Wales, even though you had had Marcus Smith not been injured for the, for the opening round, he would have played in Italy. Yeah, I think it's a really it's a really good point, and there will always be that horses for courses um, argument as well. I think that you know they're they're two players who I expect to be in in good form for large chunks of their career, and there will be a, def, definitely occasions where where Raffle will be will be the better option in terms of the opposition and uh, and other games where where Morgan will be as well. And it's definitely a nice a nice problem to have. I think I'm inclined to agree with you that they're not necessarily compatible I always thought with Warburton and Tippett they could have played together a bit more often because Warburton was so big and physical that he could do a six he could do a six role no problem and Tippett was very good at the lineout yeah yeah absolutely even as a seven so so yes yeah and 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 you know they 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 I mean that was it 2013 game against England yeah where they were together so um yeah yeah absolutely I think that it's just it's just, just in case the balance in it with 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 those two and, and uh, as I say line out for you know which is a crucial area for Wales and I mean you know, get the line out right and they they give themselves a chance. I've just I've just seen the offload statistic for okay. But yes, the England had one offload, yeah, and Wales had five. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Definitely, the, the second half 
weather didn't lend it didn't lend yep. itself to uh, no. to offloading. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, looking further ahead, though, Paul. I mean, so uh, you know, I think we're all agreed it's going to be a very tough assignment against Ireland. Given what you've seen of Wales and France, who are Wales's next home opponents, uh, this question came in from Bobby: Can Wales be an out of sort France if they cut down the penalties? Penalties was really interesting because did did we go a whole first half without conceding a penalty? Certainly yeah, deep into just, the uh, deep was, into the just, first half. It, no, they, they didn't concede a penalty in the first half. Like the second half against Scotland, it was one free kick at the scrum. Yeah, that was all they. That was all they. they that was the only sort of in, in discipline. So um, yeah, so penalties zero. Um, but in the second half, they gave away five. Yeah. So, which which again is not it's it's not, not disgraceful, is it? You know, oh, no. across the whole of a game. No, no. So, um, yeah. obviously, five, what do you think five. that will mean for the France game? Though, I mean, the, my my concern with France is is the is the power, and like you said, that power game didn't work against Ireland because it's Ireland. Um, my concern is that I think that power game could work against us because the two sides we've played so far, although Scotland have some big ball carriers. You know they're not a destructive scrummaging side. England and not don't have the huge packs of old. France yeah. have a massive have a massive amount of cattle up front, and that wor- that worries me a bit for for that game at home. Yeah, I mean I watched the Scotland game. It was weird because France, I mean they won, but you were left scratching your head at the end how they managed it. Um, mm. I mean Scotland end of the first half turned down what three penalties in front of the post and made a hash and didn't get a point. You know, kick those three and then at the end instead of underscoring try, they could have banged a drop goal over. Um I, I mean they're clearly missing DuPont, aren't they, as the as the catalyst. I mean yeah. I don't I don't think he'd have made the difference against um against Ireland because they were they were so overrun. But you know, he was the bloke they they they, they looked to, to to sort of lift and provide inspiration. And that's gone. They just look they just look flat. But they're still a very, very good team. Hard to break down. You know, Scotland scored a scored a scored a, 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 a decent try, but couldn't um, couldn't find the second that they needed. And you know, at the time when you, you know Scotland was sort of running down the clock and looking comfortable, BLBRA scores a try out of nothing, and that's what France still have yeah. the capacity to do. You think you've you think you've got them. You think you, know, you think you've fence them in and suddenly somebody will vault over it and, and scamper away yeah I mean in terms of that I did feel for Scotland given the you know the fact that that probably was a try if that was given on field decision try I don't think anyone would have you know would have um it would have no he would have it was all I would all I would say on that you know you can understand Scotland's wailing and gnashing of teeth but earlier on, you know, Van der Merwe got away with a high challenge, and then if that yeah. had been ruled high, would that have been the penalty try? Yeah, that that is true. I mean, the, the other thing is, is it's, it's really really difficult. But actually, I don't think, I don't think um, it was Nick Berry, wasn't it, refereeing? I, yes. I don't really think he did anything wrong there because I think if he's seen it as no try, I think he has to say that he can't he can't make a decision. I mean, I suppose he could say try yes or no, couldn't he? But more often than not, those things are quite inconclusive. So I think really you want a, a referee to make an on-field decision. And based on what I saw, you couldn't overturn it. No, and it was, it was it's like umpires calling cricket, isn't it? You're asking yeah, yeah, yeah. judgment. He does that. And all and you're then using the television system to 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 see if um you know that decision can be can be overruled. And then obviously clear and compelling evidence. I mean there were two things for me. Was the ball over the line? Yes, it was. 
and did did Skinner touch it down? And I mean, logic told you that he had to have touched it down because mm. it, it moved past past it was in Moafana's boot. Mm. There, you know, there was no sign of a hand being. I mean, it looked flat on the ground, didn't it? So in that case, logic would tell you it's a try. But is is logic enough? But also, it's the it's the sort of um, it's the logic behind it, isn't it? And 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 um, do you? You know, are you, are you looking for a reason to, um, or looking for a way to, to to support the referee's decision, or are you looking at it with, you know, with an open mind and prepared to give the the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team? Um, and and because because you're asking referees to make a decision, you're always going to come back to to the ref squad. I mean, I think it was the wrong decision, but reach that for the for for, for the right reasons. Um, I mean, I don't see. How it could not have been a try if it, if there'd been a hand or something underneath it, then the ball wouldn't have been flat on the ground, would it? Mm. Yeah, it's just I think it's it's based on logic, isn't it? Is you need that one clear still. Once he said on field decision try, you need that one clear still of it definitely. Definitely, you know, you need the angle that shows it over the line at the same time. I'd say it's it's an incredibly tough it's an incredibly tough call um, on Scotland, but yeah, I mean, I suppose the the other thing is. That France, I guess, have been rewarded for a moment of genius from Bielbury, you yeah, know, with a, a moment of individual yeah. brilliance. Yeah. And Scotland could have spun it wide. I mean, you you can't factor that in because, you know, if it was Wales, you'd be saying do the same, just keep keep battering the door down, battering the door down. But there is always that danger that you get held up over the line and that's it, game over. Yeah. As they as they were as they found out in Cardiff the week before as well. So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, that's that is being ultra ultra critical. Um, yeah, I suppose you're right. You should really be looking to to reward the attacking side, but um, yeah, yeah. A, I mean, very, it's, that's that, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's who do you give the point? I mean, you know, there have been a few VAR incidents in football, haven't they? This season is the ball over the line, and you know, should have got be not not the goal line itself, but the um, the dead ball, the dead ball line, and you know, a couple of times where goals have been given because there was no compelling evidence it was out of play, even though yeah. to the naked eye. So you're given the benefit of the doubt, to the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team. We seem to be sort of operating slightly in reverse, don't we? You, 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 you know, you've got to see that it's 100 percent, well, 100 percent plus a little bit more, um, before you give it, if the referee is ruled otherwise. Um, I mean, should you know, should should the referee be saying? on-field decision try or should they just should he just say look I don't know either way can you can you help me make up my mind but he should be the one he should be the one looking at it then and yeah. decide not the, yeah I, I didn't really like the, the kind of I don't know there seemed to be a lot of intervention from the TMO let me let me just look at this let, I'll take another look at this it was like a there was no clear direction saying I think it's I think it's a try or I think there's enough here to give it it felt like to be honest I felt like that might have it wasn't a hugely helpful input in terms of making that decision. No, I, I don't think you can blame Nick Berry for giving giving that as no, no try because no, you, no. the referee is close to it. And when you see it in real time, you can see why he didn't give it because you got right, there's a boot under it. Um, let's go to the camera. To, let's go to the, the to the camera to check. And and it's it, it is bad luck for Scotland. But um, and you've got you, you know, you've got you've got the Super Bowl tonight. There's a similar incident there. The the the, the lead referee. Will go to the the camera monitor and have a look for himself. He will make up his mind then. And yeah. and you know, I mean, and, and as, as I say, I mean, Barry, 
<clears throat> thought it wasn't tried, but he didn't he didn't know one hundred percent. So let him let him have a look at all the available evidence. And so if he if he had seen that, would he have would he have given a try? And if the answer is no, then then it's no. If it's yes, it's yes. But it's his it's his decision and he's not being nudged in either direction. It's very you know, it's very difficult because it's taking time. It's it's going to decide the match one way or the other. Mm. So the crowd is you know, the crowd becomes a factor. Um but it's you know, it it, it the referee has always been the sole sole one in, in in charge of fact. He should be the one making that decision on 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 his own, with the with the footage that you know your your TMO has has assembled all the all the available angles. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think I'm inclined to agree. Right, these first two parts of the show have flown by, Paul. We're going to take another quick break, and then when we come back, we'll take another look ahead to Ireland, and we'll have a look also at uh, Ireland's. Uh, pretty comprehensive victory over Italy today and uh, and what that might mean for Wales's visit there in a fortnight um and also seeing as I've got you on I think we'll probably have a chat about uh the potential of an Anglo-Welsh league it seems to become a regular feature on the show so uh, I, I imagine we'll have a chat about that but that's coming up after this quick break To the final part of the show, then, and uh, thank you to everyone who sent in listeners' questions. Been um, been great to get your get your input on this um, on this weekend's rugby. Uh, we did have one more game today, Paul. That was, as you say, I mean, Ireland were you know comprehensive. It looked to me really as though they they didn't really get out of third gear. It was a bit of a, a canter for them. And um, again, is that just a reflection of where they are and how how settled they are as a team? Yeah, absolutely, and then they'd made six changes from Marseille, hadn't they? And um, you know, having a look at uh, halfbacks um, in, in, in particular, um, so they you know re- give give players a chance to not so much have a rest, but just sit back for a while, but also look at look at what their what their options are for the rest of the season, summer. And then in, into next year, so very much a ritual victory. I mean, it was it, 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 the, the result was never in doubt. It was um, it was just how many Ireland were going to win by, and you know, for, for Italy, um, didn't score, so that's a disappointment. But I think in their previous six visits to Dublin, they conceded an average of fifty-one points. So I suppose yeah. there's some some sign of progress there that they didn't didn't um, didn't fold like a wonky deck chair. No, I can't imagine it would be one they would have been hugely. No. Usually targeting, to be honest, but um, yeah, there may well be one in Cardiff, and, the, and, and, and especially with the. I mean, they had big injuries in the back row with Canoni and and, and and Negri out, didn't they? So that was um, and you know Lamaro packing down the number eight. Mm. It, Dublin's not a place to go when you um, when you're not far, fully firing in the back row. No, absolutely. In terms of what you've seen from Ireland so far. I mean, is there, or well, in fact, what you've seen from everyone, is there anything to suggest that they can be stopped from from winning a Grand Slam? Um, I mean, they got Wales at home, Scotland at home, and Twickenham. Um, I, I mean, they could be very difficult to stop in in in, in Dublin. I mean, Twickenham. I mean, on on the evidence of yesterday, no, it's going to be a Grand Slam. But Six Nations is can be can be strange, can't it? Um, but you you would say if if Ireland if Ireland played to their potential, then they'll they'll win another Grand Slam. Yeah, England have a habit of running them close, though, don't they? I mean, obviously mm. they they give them a bit of a scare in uh, in Dublin 
last year. You know, admittedly, Ireland, you know, Ireland closed it out, and there was the the Freddie Stewart sending off and everything else. But they won the the Grand Slam. But England certainly were not disgraced there. The year before, I always forget who it was who got sent <coughs> off the second Charlie, round. Charlie Yules was sent off. Charlie Yules, that's right. Mm-hmm. And and England again, one of those uh, one yeah. of those performances where England played better with fourteen and, yeah. and gave a good account of themselves. Uh, so although you know results have have generally gone Ireland's way. You know, it, it won't be, you know, it won't be a picnic if they if they get to that game needing um, no, it needing won't. a win. I think you know. I mean, a question over Ireland at the start of this tournament was how they would um, manage without Johnny Sexton, just as it was with France and Dupont. You know, France uh, still coming to terms with it, but 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 Ireland, in fairness, seem to have. Um, I mean, you're always going to miss somebody, somebody of his you know, experience and pedigree, but Arden seem to have um, seem to so far be managing it pretty well. But you know, as, as you said before, you know, for Wales, if they can get to Gibson Park, then they also get Crowley, don't they? And uh, and then and then who knows? You really put put stress on them. And and you know, even Conan admitted before the Italy game, you know, the disappointing thing for them in the French game was that they weren't really under much pressure from France, which they had expected. You know, France yeah. is an attack. France is an attacking force. Were were, were pretty mute, I must say. So, oh, yeah, you, they were. That that stress test maybe, you know, still has to be applied to Ireland. So, so there were a few unanswered questions, I suppose. But, um, but on 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 form and given where Wales and England are coming from, you would expect them to go to the final match against Scotland, seeking another Grand Slam. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and again, their record against Scotland is. You know, uh, particularly in Dublin, it's just. Uh, um, and they won, yeah, well, they won the last nine, or, last nine or ten or something. They won. Yeah, it might be ten. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it would make yeah, that, that, that's a picture they would like to see, I, I guess, as a as a final one to to bring the slam home if they're in that position, and, and they may well be. Um, what then do Wales do? You know, we've, we've kind of discussed tactics a little bit there. Do you? Are you tempted to tinker with that with that starting lineup, or do you think it'll be pretty close to to what we saw um, take to the field at Twickenham? I mean, I, you know, I think you look at Will Rowlands, don't you? Um, you again, a, a big bloke, somebody who can carry, in, and you know the threats that I mean, you you assume it'll be McCarthy and Byrne in the in the second row, but that means putting James Ryan on the bench again. It's not a bad option to have, and you've got you know, Ian Henderson as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's um, so. Do you, you know, do you go horses for courses? It's you know a, a, a bit more carrying. It's it, it, it's going to be about slowing Ireland down as much as you can because they play at such a high tempo when allowed, and you know that's 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 difficult for any team to um, to, to 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 cope with. And you saw that in the World Cup. You know, beat South Africa. Okay, they lost to New Zealand, but not by much. And they you know they they, they stressed the All Blacks a lot. So, um, but but what Gatland doesn't want to do at this stage is is you know, to be making mass changes every game because then the shape we talked about the continuity will be far slower in coming and and you know, I think Ireland is a place you need to go with you know, very um, very firm in your mind about about how you how you're going to play and who's who's who, who's going to be key to that. Yeah, I think that would probably be the only change I'd consider making. If I were in that um, in that selection scenario, I think 
I mean, it's, it's they, they've back- missed Roland's carry for yeah, sure. Roland, Roland's brings carry, but Beard is good in the mall, isn't he? In Ireland, and the, and the mall, but- the mall when it's functioning, uh, you know, is is something that that actually where we've seen where you know that all virtually all the tries against Scotland were um, were off good driving line out, and the the penalty try against England, and generally for fifty five minutes or whatever it was, the line out went really really well. Yeah. I would be. T- but but then again, it, we're missing that front foot ball, and, and Rollins gives you that. It's it's such a difficult selection. For me. Very 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 difficult. Very very difficult. You know, and Rollins isn't somebody you could um, you could you could shove in at six, is he? Um, I mean, there, I know there's no, there's no six amongst those those locks, no. is there? No, they're I mean, all I, locks. I know he's talked about playing David Jenkins at six. I mean, again, is Dublin the place to to try yeah. that? I mean, I mean, they put Alan Wynne Jones six once, didn't they? and that, that yeah, was in Argentina. Was it in Argentina? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, might have done it one or two occasions, but yeah, yeah. Um, and that was right at the start of his career as well, wasn't it? But um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I, I'd be tempted to to probably oh, I'd probably go same again. I think and just keep keep everyone the same. I mean, Rollins gives you impact. It, the problem is, it's just there there are no there are there are so few ball carriers in that side um, at all that that it's um. That it's very yeah. very difficult to 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 leave him out it's because but... because because the way they're playing, you know, and with that with that back division with 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 Lloyd at outside half, you just want that quick front football, don't you? Because he's got, then really about you know he couldn't buy time for himself. You would have more time, mm. you know, he'd, and you'd be able to assess his assess his options. I mean, you know, the the more he plays, the more the more it'll, it'll come to him. But you know, as we said at the top of the program, what you what you what I would just love to see is players not needing to be told at half time where they're going wrong, being able to yeah. problem solve during the course of a game. And Lloyd looks he, you know, he looks like he could be one of the one, one of those players, given the experience and the and, and the confidence, who'll 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 back his judgment. And as, as as George Ford did in those last twenty minutes. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Uh, I'd be I'd be tempted to go to go same again. And if Costello is fit, I think again that strengthens your bench, giving you another yeah. option of um, you know, if someone offers uh, a bit more control, you know, I certainly yeah, because, don't want to see because, him because the evidence, the evidence of the first two games is you know Lloyd has done better at ten. I mean, he 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 deserves to to keep the jersey cost low, you know, in, in, in the time he had on the field, didn't? Yeah, uh, just quickly to wrap up on Wales, what what do you think this means for Gareth Davis? Because actually, we had a question in last week, which um, it came in too late for the show. I'm just going to find out who it was from. Bear with me, listeners. Um, it was from Rob Thomas that said, "Is that it for for Gareth Davis?" And I replied and said, "No, I don't think it is. You know, I think he's had a poor no. game. I, I think it was under it was under instructions." However, it's a bit of a trophy dropping, you know, for for him to be missing from the from the twenty three this this uh, this week. You know, what, what do you think it means for for Gareth Davis's future? Is Gatlin going to go back to him in the in the short term? Well, he's always regarded him as his best defensive scrum half, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, bit- absolutely. So no, he's not going to can him. I mean, he's, you know, he's giving him a jolt, isn't he? Yeah. And um, but is 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 Kieran Hardy, you know, a better 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 prospective starter than Gareth Davis? Um, I suppose Hardy's got a few more years in him yet, hasn't he? Uh, and Davis, I suppose, is approaching the the end of his the end of his career. But um, I, to me, no. I I think if you're picking your strongest. Two nines for a match day twenty three. I would suggest that Thomas Williams and, and Gareth Davis are are those yeah. are those players. And you've got you know you've got you've got Ireland and France coming up where defence is going to be key, isn't it? Mm. And you know the fact that you know you're bringing Hardy on with with, with eight minutes to go and you're just yeah. falling behind. 
you know, I think I think that's 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 that says it. I, you know, gave, gave Davis a jolt, and he'd be, he'd be Gatlin would be looking for a response, a big response. Yeah, absolutely right. We've got a few minutes left, Paul. Let's chat. Um, let's move it away from the international game for a moment and talk about uh, the the latest um, developments in uh, the Anglo Welsh League, which we always seem to to talk yeah. about. Um, yeah, you've uh, you've written an article in this week's rugby paper. Um, tell us tell us what what it's about. Yeah, I was, I was just chatting to a couple of the, the Premiership clubs who've um, you know do do have contacts with Wales about you know. Rob Baxter of Exeter, Pat Lamb of Bristol, how would the, how they would regard the prospect of an Anglo Welsh League and they mm. they both welcome it. I mean, you know, equally they said that the, the numbers have got to add up, haven't they? But um I you know, the, the it's it you you saw with Cardiff Bath, Cardiff Harlequins, the the appetite is, is is here, this this side of the Seven Bridge. Will it be the other side? I mean you know, it's 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 for Bristol Bath, you know the old Anglo Welsh rivalry goes back a long, long time. So it's 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 still there. It's it's making it's just making it work financially. And this is where you know the likes of CBC um, have taken a you know big chunk in, in in the two leagues as well as as well as the Six Nations. You know they need to start. Well, I mean they're making a return on their investment because they're getting what percent from the Premiership, similar from URC, isn't it? What yeah. they're getting from Six Nations, 15 16%. So yeah. they, they get, they, they're getting a guaranteed big buck every year. What they want to start doing now is producing for the game itself um, because at the moment everyone's losing out because you're giving up a percentage of your central income each year to, to CBC for the for the money they bunged you um, as part of the original deal, money which, is, um, which COVID insured didn't last very long. Um, and now I know that you know CBC have, have have been looking at the prospect of of a British league, um, which we talked about for British and Irish league. Mm. But as I say, I think the difficulty with that will be in in terms of 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 for the English clubs having unions involved in the administration, they will not go for that. Whereas that is not a problem with Wales because the regions would would come in as partners, not the Welsh Rugby Union. So I think if 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 you're going to get any sort of cross border league, it would be Anglo Welsh. And it's just up to the you know to the likes of CBC to to make sure that it does work financially. Well, and for, from CBC's perspective, I would argue that you know, given that you know, I'm not you know, as you said before, I'm not a massive fan of the Welsh sides playing in the URC. It doesn't mean a huge amount to me, but um, it has worked for the South African sides. It yeah. has worked for the for the Irish sides. Scotland will go wherever the Irish are, really, and you know it makes sense for them to to be in that league. Um, yeah, this could be a way of, of reinvigorating the English Premiership and doing so in a way that, um, yeah, in a way that, that gets potential sponsors and broadcast partners excited about it because that's where they're going to see that's where they're going to see some return. That's the bit that's going to that's going to grow that's going to grow their in their investment in it. You know, because at the moment you've got from their involvement, you've got a league that has um, yeah, as a product it is really really good, but at the same time you've got teams going bust left right and center so that there has to be some shoring up and and you're right that's that's where they've got to do their job and make it work but they they would like both things to work surely if they could have the a version of the urc still running and the um uh you know and the, the gallagher premiership or the anglo welsh league whatever it becomes that's that's win-win for them isn't it i'd say so yeah yeah and it's um it, <coughs> i mean it's just it, the thing about the URC, you said before, it's it's, it's all the all, all the travelling, the lack of away support, lack of sort, sort mm-hmm. of atmosphere, apart from apart from the derby matches. Whereas, 
you know, what what you want, game on TV, is atmosphere. Isn't it? I mean, I know I know the paying punter is is probably the at the bottom of the queue now when it comes to um, you know factors to be taken into consideration when decisions are made. Mm. But you you take you take the paying fan away, and what you're left with, not a lot. And and you know, so some some of the some of the URC games are you know are, are, are short on up. So you just just want something that's that's that is invigorating, isn't it? Something which 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 the regions need, which 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 fans in Wales need, because you know, I'm 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 confident that the, the the support would be there. Cardiff showed that, didn't they? With those with those with those two yeah, games, you know, yeah. Scarlets have shown it. the app, the app, the appetite for you know for for for, for top quality competition is there. It's really interesting. I've been intrigued by kind of Lance Bradley since coming in at the Ospreys as CEO has been quite vocal about addressing some of the big problems, really. Certainly not sat there on a watching brief, I don't think. You know, obviously, first up, he spoke about the need to uh, the need to move stadium and the need, you know, the need for them to uh, to control that, which we've discussed on here a number of times. It's imperative to secure in the Ospreys' future is that they own their own stadium and um, and it's played in a somewhere that, that will that will generate good revenue for them. Now, the other thing I saw him mention, I think it was I think it was today on on Twitter, but talking about how you know that when the Six Nations arrives, there is such a there's and admittedly this is just anecdotal stuff, but you know it's him talking about how. Everyone around, uh, you know, around Swansea is talking about the, the Six Nations. Now, why can't we convert some of those into into watching club rugby? And you know, on a on a week to week, you know, the, and the Ospreys are, are performing well this season. But on a week to week, that fixture list is just the thing that I don't think I don't think excites anyone. And yeah. um, you know, and it, whereas if the Ospreys have got Bath at home, um, it's a, it's a different prospect. It is a different because you know the thing that sells in URC is the, the derbies. Mm. And there, you know, there, 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 there aren't enough of them. But you know, you play Bath, you play Bristol, Gloucester, to say all the, all those old rivals. And from the English perspective, at the moment, you know, they're 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 looking to restructure their, you yeah. know, the top of their league system with the, with the, you know, the championship as a second tier is not fit for purpose because it's so badly funded, and most of the teams in it have absolutely no ambition to go up to the Premiership because they know the financial cost of, of A, trying to get there and B, staying there is just prohibitive. And you've got countless examples of clubs going just having attempted to do so. So if, you, if you've if got you know, the 10 who are currently in the Premiership, add, add the four regions to the mix, put in the three clubs that went bust who you know are in various stages of trying to come back, London Irish, Worcester Wasps, you, know, you would only need three championship clubs then to make up 20, which would give you two conferences of 10. And, and so, all the noise, the noise... You know, Bill Sweeney is having a very public war with uh, with a lot of championship club owners at the moment, yeah. and but the noise is coming from a select few, really, isn't it? Because there's there's so little, you know, there's there are so few sides in there who have got any any prospect of of playing yeah. in, the, in the Premiership, you know, from a from a financial viability point of view. So you're right, if you're able to bring three in, you then have yeah, you could have a, a two tier system or a two conference system quite comfortably. Yeah, you could, and and you know, next 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 week or this weekend, now should I say, or next weekend, um, you know, you got the the semi finals of the Premiership Rugby Cup, and and Ealing take on Leicester. Mm. You know, is um, you know, done done well to get to the last four, but I mean, clearly they're one of those who do have aspirations to go up, but uh, as they don't meet the entry criteria, have got n- no chance of doing so. And again, you know, you you go down, go down to Anglo Welsh and have those two conferences, and you could say to them, well, look, you know, here is. You know, it's not going to be a case of coming straight back down. You will have X number of years 
to to establish themselves. And suddenly, they, as long as they put forward a plan to show how they intended to improve their ground, you'd allow them to take part in it. Well, yeah, another uh, another um, interesting uh, interesting opinion, interesting bit of insight from you on that, Paul. Again, we'll we'll wait and see how that develops. But uh, for this week, that brings us to a conclusion. Thank you very much indeed, Paul, for joining us. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions and uh, has been listening. If you want to leave us a review, uh, you can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, and that would be very much appreciated. And uh, a thanks, as always, to our sponsors at So Coffee. If you want to get some good quality coffee, and I'm pretty reliant on it at the moment, given um, uh, my youngest doesn't want to give us uh, much sleep, uh, then you can do that by going over to socoffeetrades.co.uk or if you follow the link on our Twitter page um, in the in the bio, you can get yourself a discount as well. So, yeah, why not do that and save yourself a few pennies? But that's it for this week, and we'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.